and I think that's one of the challenges with the fitness industry is that if you are the first to create a category, you are going to get competitors. And the good thing about this opportunity was I felt like the machine was good enough that it would, at the very least, take competitors a very long time to figure out how to compete. I am back on Halo Talks NYC Tribeca with Amanda Freeman, SLT. I've been in the industry for like 15 years, and I've always heard your name, and I've never met until like last month. I've just remiss on my end. So fellow Harvard Business School alum, welcome to Halo Talks, and I want to let everybody know your story. Thank you. So tell us from, from where you're from and from Duke, and then where did it go from there? Sure. So I grew up in New Jersey, went to Duke. Uh, my first career was trend forecasting. Trend forecasting. Trend forecasting. So I did Excellent. market research, consulting, and trend forecasting. Sounds Focus, trendy. Yes. Focused on Generation X and Generation Y. So I studied youth culture and what they were into and not into and what they're thinking and feeling. Wow. Um, and that's where my interest in health and wellness came from. Because they were think because you found out that that's what they were doing. Exactly. Wow. The uh, the rise of well consciousness happened about ten years ago. I've actually never heard that term before. I made it up. It's better than wellness. Thank you. Tried well to trademark it. Yeah. trademarked already. Just like your halo. <laughs> halo I've taken. It's been trademarked supposedly. I think we paid the invoice. So yeah, I think we own it. So okay, so you, you found out that this was going to be a trend, and then you started. To, you started your own online business, though, right? A, a newsletter? Yes. So after business school, I had been working at Creative Artist Agency and working with people, um, developing ideas that resonated with the youth market. And one, thought, one thing I thought was missing was a publication that addressed this wellness phenomenon that was happening. Okay. So I created a business called Vital Juice, and it wasn't a juice, although that probably would have been more lucrative. Uh, but... It was a health and wellness daily email modeled after daily candy, but we said it was daily candy without the cavities. Oh, that's very good. Did you trademark that? No. That, that was definitely available. <laughs> definitely. Yes, and would be now. And it that still is. That business is out of business. Okay, it's out of business. <laughs> exactly. Because of crust whitening strips or what? Basically. Probably. <laughs> so anyway, so, so when did you start SLT and you, you were on a trip? Is that what happened? You, like Amanda meets Reformer? Yeah, so I always would go to L.A., and that was where I found most of my wellness inspiration. Uh, I had gotten into the idea of boutique fitness where somebody offers one workout all day long really well, but I didn't love the results of most of the workouts that were on offer, and it was early in the boutique fitness days. I wanted the Pilates body, the Pilates results of the long, lean muscles, but with the experience of, like, a soul cycle class, and Mm. it didn't exist And then I found this guy who taught out of a studio in West Hollywood who had created this machine that could do that. So it was the actual LeGree. Yes. He was was actually running Sebastian. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And he, just so people know what what that is, it's it's basically a a Pilates reformer with a lot of technology built into it that he was able to patent and trademark. Exactly. Um, So maybe tell people, so, so you basically fell in love with the workout on your own? Yeah, and so then per, it, it was exactly what I was looking for, and I wasn't looking to open an exercise studio. My background was business school, and I was already running this company. I had no fitness background in terms of instruction, 
I was an avid consumer of it, but uh, not a talented taker of it, to be honest. Um, so I actually tried to talk a few other friends who were running fitness businesses into doing it um, and giving me like a little piece of the business for discovering it. Um, but I couldn't talk anybody into doing it, so I decided I guess I had to do it myself. So, did, did, so you actually became a certified instructor? Yeah, so wow. I had him come. He certified all my instructors, and I was one of those people. Okay, so when you so you graduate from, from Harvard Business School, you get into the, to the fitness industry. What, what did... I know what people said to me, what they say to you. You know, I honestly did it. I was still running Vital Juice, so it wasn't okay. like I like left my job and gave it all up to do it. I think people were actually pretty encouraging. Okay. Um, and it was successful pretty early on, so I didn't have so much of that doubt. I, I really felt strongly that if I didn't do it, someone else would, and I knew how great the workout was and that it was a proven concept elsewhere so so and, and just so people know that this actual machine you get an exclusive territory rights right around it so with your business school hat on are you thinking okay that's like a defensible yes. business model and that, sure. and that was and, important well and i think that's one of the challenges with the fitness industry is that if you are the you know first to create a category you are going to get competitors and the good thing about this opportunity was I felt like the machine was good enough that um, it would, at the very least, take competitors a very long time to figure out how to compete. And, you know, we're six years into the business. Uh, I'm not going to say there's no competitors, but it, it's been a pretty uh, unique market in that there's not like a hundred of these things on every corner. Right, right. Like spin or bar or sure. know, some of the other. So, so SLT, where did that did that come out of your your ideation of, of your other taglines? Well, I could not take the name I originally wanted because Which was? it was going to be Shred. Okay. And Jillian Michaels has a DVD called uh. The 30 Day Shred. And so a lawyer advised me I probably would have trouble with it, but I'd come up with the name Shred and the tagline Strength and Length and Tone because to mm. me this workout is about the results, and those are the results. And so, out of default, when I couldn't come up with a different name, I just used the initials from the tagline. So, That's great. Yeah. Thank well, it's, you. it's worked out very yeah. well. Yeah. Everyone knows it. Everyone know SLT here? If not, now you do. Oh, hey, there we go. Thank you, Emily. Appreciate that. Um, so, when did you actually leave Vital Juice and, and say, okay, SLT is my full-time job, I'm the founder, CEO, and this is what I'm doing? So, from the first day SLT opened, I never stepped foot in my... Vital Juice office until the day I cleaned it out because wow. while I thought that I would only have to spend a few hours a day in the studio, it turned out I had to be there 16 hours a day. So we were in the process of selling the business and I ran both, but I was physically at SLT and had kind of psychologically moved onto it because I saw how much time it needed and how much potential there was. Wow, it's great. So given your, your Harvard Business School background, and I don't know, at least for me, it was like, okay, you have an idea and you got to go really big with it. And, you know, six years later, you have seven locations. You've got a great, you know, brand name. You I have 15 locations. 15, 15. You said seven, seven before. 15. 15. <laughs> right. So, but, but from the, the urge to do a deal, you know, that you just did, and maybe you could talk about what that deal was and, and sure. you know, where you want to take the business now. Sure. I mean, I think... 
you know, my original idea probably wasn't so big, but I knew that there was a big enough opportunity that I secured a lot of territories right away. And then once I saw that how well the first one was doing, I immediately started looking for other spaces, but it can take a very long time to find a space, especially in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we grew organically, which is also great. I never raised money. So Studio One funded Studio Two, Studio One and Two funded Studio Three. And that's a unique and amazing way to grow. Um, and then a, a year ago, or a little over a year ago, I did sell a minority stake in the business to a private equity company who's focused on health and wellness. And I did it largely because I felt like that was the right time to have this accelerated capital to accelerate the growth and to pursue, in addition to uh, new locations, uh, also acquiring some of the existing studios around the country that use the same equipment as we do. So that's so we have a two-pronged strategy now with the help of Northcastle, which is M&A acquisitions, as well as what we call Greenfield, just opening new locations. Got it. So, so what cities are you looking to get into, or is there, a lot of that's going to be driven by acquisition opportunities? So we have leases in Boston and Philly, um, okay. so we're working on opening those. We're opening Hoboken. We're looking West Coast for acquisitions. Uh, we're looking more um, East Coast for acquisitions as well. We are looking in London for spaces for us to open on our own. Um, so I, not that the sky is the limit. There are definitely more attractive territories than others. You know, we have urban locations as well as suburban. And, it, you know, urban does better than suburban. So, you know, you figure out your uh, strategy. Not that we're going to ignore suburbs, but a good strategy is often to, like, uh, bunch them in an area uh, mm-hmm. so you could have the instructors teaching at multiple locations and you know the marketing benefits are there and sure. so you want to commit to like an urban area and open a few. That's great. So um, you know, a lot of people grapple with taking in outside capital from institutional sources, friends and family. Uh, what, what's your experience been from you know, owning 100% of the business and, and you make all the decisions and now do you feel relieved that someone else is helping you go to the next level? Do you feel like, you know, I still control, obviously you're still the majority owner of the business. Maybe you can give someone some insights here about, you know, whether they're going to take capital or not, you know, how to think about that and sure. how you've I mean, thought think, about it. I think the hardest part of business is partnerships. I mean, I had a business partner in my last business um, and there's always like an interesting dynamic. I mean, we're still very close and we're very good friends and with uh, private equity, I think it's a major relief when if you take in money and you get to take money out. I'm not going to pretend that that's not like a, a great day that one day. Right. But um, but then the dynamic changes, and I personally feel a little bit beholden to them. You know, it's not just about what I want anymore. It's about fulfilling their goals and in, in investing. So I do think it adds to the pressure of the whole situation. Uh, but I chose partners that uh, are very friendly. Uh, they Their motto is values and value. Um, so they're good people. And um, we're on the same page. And I am a majority owner. So in the end, what we say goes. But, you know, I always take into account their uh, point of view and perspective on everything. That's great. So uh, also, how do, you, how do you think about your work, you know, uh, personal life balance. You obviously, work in the fitness industry is what you love. 
Right. Um, you you're, you have one child and you're, you're having a baby. How do you think about, you know, how, how you balance that or is it just kind of, you know, this is how you roll? Well, I think balance <laughs> is bullshit. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. But yes, you can. Sorry. Please, please. But, uh, I encourage it now. I think people assume I exercise a lot because I own exercise studios, but I don't. Oh, uh, wow. That's actually the one thing tell. I wish big I could tell. do more of. <laughs> but, um, you know, I believe in life. You have to go for what you want. And uh, I like to be busy. So, you know, I, I found, like, I don't like to mix my personal and professional life. So it's very separate. But so far, I've been able to manage. Um, but, you know, you always have, like, the grass can be greener. You know, in the summer, it's like you wish you lived in the Hamptons, but I can. I have a business to run. Right. Um, so you deal with it. I couldn't not work, so. All right. Well, yeah. congratulations on your success. Thank you. Thanks for coming to Halo Talks. Thank you. Look forward to tracking your progress. Well, thanks for having All me. All right. Thank you, Amanda.